the fly will not be presented at this time in order to bring you the following special podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for Peculiar Podcast, hosted by Pat Cashman. Gorgeous to look at. And Lisa Foster. She's dangerous. You're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. Can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it, yeah. It's love and time, time, time. Well, it's been a while since we recorded one of these Raindrops are falling on my head. stellar podcasts, Lisa, and we just like the guy's feet are too big we forgot to, to mention the passing of uh, this fellow, B.J. Thomas. Raindrops are falling on my head and they keep falling. I loved B.J. Thomas' music. Yeah, he was so laid so, back and yeah, mellow. Yeah, Really easy, easy listen and pop. Yeah. It was very catchy. This song, of course, was from Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. It was yeah. huge. I think this song yeah. was number one for a month. It was a big song. Oh, it had to be longer than that, don't you think? Mm, well, that's what they said when I looked it up. But oh, yeah, okay. I think so. It was one of the big songs. Won a Grammy, of course, and uh, he did lots of other hits. So. And then he got into gospel music later in his career. He was 78. Ah, there you go. That's right. He was yeah. 78. Too young. When, when are we going to, you know, the scientists say we're going to start living longer and longer. I heard and, that. Like, to like, d- yeah, I just heard that story. That yeah. it's going to be like, uh, it's 150. There's a pill you, gonna... that they say you'll be able to take or something yeah. that you'll be able to live uh, and and live a quality life. It just hanging on for 50 years isn't good enough. So someday somebody will say, I died at the age of 142. Too young. Too young. <laughs> exactly. Someday. It just seems expensive to me. I'm like, yes. I'm just trying to calculate what I've got now till how long I think I'm going to be hanging around. And I'm like, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> Well, not to, only that. I need, to, I need to save more. And if somebody said, well, you're going to be around till you're 150, I'd be like, oh, crap. Yeah, who can I save mean, that how, much money? I don't know. I don't uh, know. It, and, and, of course, Social Security. That Social Security was predicated on the idea when it was established. In the 60s. That people would live, right? you know, maybe into their 50s or something. They never thought yeah. people were going to get to be 80, 90 years old. And so it's running out. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, it, I they know. probably won't have it by the time you're ready for it, Lisa. I know, and I'm getting close, but yeah, yeah they're gonna go. Sorry, we don't have any more. Yeah, and, sorry. And you're, sorry, and you're gonna live Foster. to, and you're gonna live to be 150. So have fun <laughs> with that. <laughs> Fairy tales can come true. It can happen to you if you're young at heart. You know, there really is some great news on the horizon. Uh, I'm, I've heard, uh, I listen to podcasts all the time, and I listen to scientific ones, believe it or not, me of all people. Mm. But mm-hmm. there are, doctors and, and researchers are, are entirely convinced and convincing that they are on the threshold within the next 10 years. 
which will be too late for me, but not for you. On the threshold of what? A a total and complete cure for cancer. Oh. They really believe it to be true. I mean, they're, they're treating it so well now that people's lives are extended, but they really think... They're gonna, they feel like they're going to be able to make an announcement any day now. Gosh. So, all so cancers the idea or that just we can some live, cancers? Because like, there's cancer. so many different... All okay. cancers. Okay. I just came back uh, from a uh, charity event I did with my son Chris for St. Jude's Children's Hospital and Research Center. Uh, I, I learned so much about it, I didn't know. But when it began in 1962, the an old entertainer that some people listening to this podcast would have never heard of named Danny Thomas, he founded this children's hospital in yeah. Memphis, Tennessee. St. Jude Research Hospital opened in Memphis as the fulfillment of a promise made by comedian Danny Thomas. The hospital, only one in the world, devoted entirely to treatment and research of leukemia and other catastrophic diseases of childhood, is the shrine Danny vowed to build for St. Jude Thaddeus in a prayer for success 25 years ago. Which is why you hear his wife, Marlo, doing all the spots. Well, she'd be surprised to hear that she was his wife because she's actually his daughter. Oh, Uh, she is? Oh, my God. Oh, she's married to Phil Donahue. Who is also her brother. I'm a moron. Let me have some more more vodka. Yeah, she's a bigamist. Yeah, she was married both to Danny (laughs) Thomas and to Phil Donahue. Got it, got it. That's when my father decided how to fulfill his promise. By building a hospital for children of all races and all religions where no family would pay for anything. But she does kind of carry it on. But this, this hospital is amazing. He, the, part of this is probably entirely apocryphal, but the story is that his career was not going good. He was, it was in the 1950s. He was a singer and a semi-comedian. And then he said, he was a Roman Catholic, and he, he, he said, I, I prayed to God. I said, if my career can take off and you make that happen, God, I will dedicate my life to a children's research hospital or a children's hospital. So, you know, his career did take off. He got his own show. Now tell me, what is it you can do better than anybody else? <clears throat> well, something that's a real attention getter. Can you tell a joke? <laughs> a joke? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got a pretty good one. Uh, now, now, ask me for a sentence using the word pencil. What? Uh, go ahead, ask me for a sentence using the word pencil. Okay, give me a sentence using the word pencil. If I take off my belt, my pencil fall down. And then he later became a producer, producing shows like The Andy Griffith Show. Mm-hmm. And so the story is that he founded this hospital. Indeed, he did, and followed up on the paying it forward. And in 1962, began the St. Jude's Hospital. In Memphis, Tennessee. Long distance in the nation. Give me Memphis, Tennessee. Why Memphis? Because Danny Thomas, the story goes, recognized that Memphis in 1962 was a hotbed of racism. And he wanted to establish the fact that this is going to be a hospital for kids of all races, all creeds. And I'm going to put it right here in this semi-racist town so everybody gets that message. And, you know, when he died, he could have been buried in L.A. It is shared by all the other big stars. But, no, he's buried in Memphis, Tennessee. He felt that big about it. And this hospital, this cause, and I'm surprised there are not more hospitals doing this. You, If you don't have any money, it doesn't matter. Nobody, no parent, 
no kid has to pay any money for travel, for, for uh, you know, lodging, or, or much less the hospital stay itself, the treatment and all of that. It's all free, Yeah, which is astounding when you think about it. Mm-hmm. And, and if you think about it as a parent of a child that has cancer, that think of the worry you have about how am I going to pay for this? Mm-hmm. How am I going to get there? How, what are we going to do? You don't have to worry about that. All you have to worry about is your child. Mm-hmm. What a great idea. Mm-hmm. What a what a perfect <clears throat> scenario. Yeah. And when they began in 1962, the childhood recovery rate for cancers like leukemia and lymphoma was in the neighborhood of 4%. And now it's it's over 90%. Wow. And, wow. and that's because of the research that they also do there. Mhm not just the hospital, but the, it's a research place as well. And they're just making these tremendous strides and talking about living longer. So it may uh, be gone think, in 10 years. Or, could be, yeah. could be. But the problem ver- with that is that global warming is supposed to wipe us out in 10 years. So I'm not sure where, what the benefit is of any of that. It To me, it's like if one thing ain't going to get you, another one will. You got to constantly yeah, be looking around. What's going on? What's, <clears throat> what now? Now what? Now what? So I don't know. Well, we've seen we've seen in this COVID year uh, that there's always something lurking. There's always the corner, something, yeah. You can look at it that way, or you can just look at it with optimism. That oh, why would I want to do that? <laughs> well, you're right. That's stupid. <laughs> I'm so dumb. I, why would you want? And to I'm be not optimist. saying that I look at it optimistically, but yeah. What am I talking I about? Know. It's me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's where I learned it from. Hey, you know, before we bound into the rest of this podcast, were you going to say something? Yeah, there was someone else who passed away, but you, what were you going to say? Oh, well, the, I was going to move on to other uh, macabre stuff like that. You said before uh, we bound into this podcast, what? Did you have something you needed to bring up? Well, I guess up? we already in. Are yeah, in we're kind of I was going to mention, I was going to mention um, uh, Ned Bain, yes! the actor. Yay! 83 years old. Get out of my head. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, he just died. Yeah. Like, we're connected, man. I knew, man. But ne- but Network, Ned Beatty, Deliverance. Re- yeah, he was in Network. Superman. He got an Oscar nomination for a role in Network. Yeah. And he gave this great monologue in Network. And you have meddled with the primal forces of nature. And you will atone. Am I getting through to you, Mr. Beale? And then he was also in All the President's Men. He had a part in Superman, the movie Rudy. But most notably, and yeah. and perhaps sadly, yes. for his role in the movie Deliverance. And I don't mean to laugh, but have you watched that? It's a great, it, it holds up very well. And oh, it's it is, a great movie. It's rather yeah. horrifying, and it's, yeah, rather, poor Ned Beatty. Burt Reynolds Beatty. and uh, John Voight are in it as yep. well. Disturbing. But and wasn't the music that his was first? Good. I thought that, yeah. I thought that, I think that was his first uh, film that he ever did or done. That's or what done. I read. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. What a, and it'd have to be your first film because why else would you agree <laughs> to a role like that? And here's what's going to happen to you. Hey, mom, guess uh, what? I got the, these I got guys the part. Are, <laughs> these, these guys are going to rape you and, uh, and they'll ask you to squeal like a pig. Uh, you okay with that? 
Sure. Yeah. I want to get into the movies. Yeah. <laughs> and don't worry, it's just a little film. Nobody'll remember it. It'll just be, yeah. you know, nobody <laughs> yeah. nobody'll ever yeah. say squeal like a pig yeah. ever. Nope. People will talk about lots of other things yes. like the banjo banjo playing and all of that. <laughs> They're not even going to remember your part at all. <laughs> yeah. I was reading uh, the New York Times obituary of Ned Beatty, uh, and and why they why did they have to use this adjective? I think it's in the first sentence. What they taught they called him the beefy Ned Beatty. Oh. How would you like to be remembered as beefy? Yeah. Why would that have to be the first sentence in your obituary? And what a great word for. Uh, yeah. You know, chunky, large, puffy, <laughs> no, whatever. But beefy's Come such on. a good word. Well, beefy's yeah. more, beefy sounds a bit more, um, I don't know, positive. Like it's strong and solid, beefy. Yeah. If I you guess. said If you said pudgy. I guess it's better than the corpulent or the. The pudgy you know, Ned Beatty. Uh, <laughs> Or the the, the bloated Ned Beatty. What I mean, it just yeah. it made me sad. I thought, no, no, don't, don't do that. Yeah. don't write that. Well, I also I also uh, noted that he attended uh, a university in Kentucky called Transylvania University. Have you oh, ever heard of that? No. Transylvania <laughs> University. I don't even know if it's still a thing or not. Huh. But I'd never heard of it. Before. Yeah. Well, anyway. I don't. I don't know. The beefy Ned Beatty. Beefy Ned Beatty, that's theirs. Did you have to be so beefy? Did you have to be so beefy? Did you have to be so beefy? A couple others I wanted to mention. Um, this was one of my favorite shows when I was a younger man. And it was a corny show, but it it went on for five years. You remember the Mod Squad? Yes. With Peggy Lipton, well, and I loved yes, her. Yes, uh, Clarence Williams the Third played the part of a guy named Link. Yep. Lincoln Link, Hayes. That's right. And he, and he has passed away at the yeah. age of eighty-one. I remember one of his uh, one of his great lines were because the basic story of Mod Squad was that there were these three hippies that uh, were somehow troublemakers, but were recruited by the police department. Yeah, because they they would be able to be on the inside, right, uh, and and be able to take down ne'er do wells because yeah. no one would suspect them because yeah, they don't look they like cops. They, yeah, they don't look like cops. They're just. They're just yeah, hip young hip, hip people. Hipsters. Yeah. Clarence Williams, as Link Hayes, famously would say things like, I don't think on soul brothers. <laughs> so they 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 always seemed to be think. resisting the idea that they were cops. And then they always had to be pulled back in line by the by the police chief then. Well look you guys. Right. You're you're going to jail unless you cooperate. They take chances. They play rough with all the wrong people. The mud squad. 
I don't think on Soul Brothers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I heard you say that a million That's times. That's kind of okay. a classic formula for um, the rogue cop yeah. or cops. Yeah. And they always Isn't get yelled true? at by the, but they get the job done. They always. get the job done. Always. Even, I have a daughter, a, a niece, I should say, that is a cop. And I've asked her, did, 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 have you ever been called into the police chief's office? <laughs> and yelled at. And yelled at like that. She said, no, it doesn't happen. No. <laughs> I love uh, it, but, though. But it's I love so it. It's a staple, like you said, yeah, of those TV shows. it really shows. is. It and really is. The other thing I used to always amuse me about Clarence Williams' character was that, you know, you if you're running after a bad guy, you just run after him, and then you run, and you tackle them. But it, they always had him jumping off something so he would land on them from above they did oh. it every episode he'd jump <laughs> off a chair he'd jump off a wall he'd jump <laughs> off a ladder something but it just it just looked better i guess for tv but it was yeah. so silly to me <laughs> when you Love. could fly off of something and land on them yeah yeah why why do, why do it the easy way when you can make it <laughs> Make it hard. I'm going to climb up this tree first, and then I'll jump on him. <laughs> it's so true. If yeah, you ever look up funny. some it's of the very, old episodes on YouTube. It's action. Yeah, yeah, it's like action, adventure, action. Yeah. yeah. And the other passing I wanted to mention, and then we'll move on, is F. Lee Bailey, the attorney, the celebrated lawyer attorney. Yeah. Okay. Who? who uh, Why did? How did he get famous? I know the name, but I don't know. Was he back? Was that from the sixties, fifties, sixties? Yeah, mostly. He was eighty-seven years old as he passed. Uh, he he was a kind of a celebrity lawyer, so he he was the defense for Patty Hearst, for example. Oh, that's but, why I know. And the he name. was part Got of it. the dream team, uh, defending O.J. Simpson too. He was? Yeah. F. Lee Bailey. I did not know that. Kardashian okay. and all those people. Well, I knew the Kardashian and the other guy. Shapiro. But, huh. Yeah, F. Lee Bailey. Very flamboyant, very theatrical. Um, I remember... Well, he did, a good, he did a good job on the O.J. thing. Yeah. I got, to, I got a chance to meet him because he did an actual TV show back in the late 80s, mid 80s, something like that. Uh, it was kind of a... It, it was called... Um, now that I think about it, it was called uh, Lie Detector. Yeah, that was it, with F. Lee Bailey. Lie Detector. Lie Detector, hosted by renowned criminal attorney F. Lee Bailey, a man with 28 years of experience in lie detection. Counsel for the defense in some of America's most sensational jury trials. A man who goes anywhere for the truth. And that that's what they would do, is they would prosecute somebody, uh, almost like one of these judge shows, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, in this case, and then they would determine whether they were telling the truth or not by is it, taking is it a real? lie detector. Are they real, or is that just fiction? I mean... I, well, I, I, I can't remember that much about it, but he was the ostensible host of it. Uh, he's written... He wrote some books, and he was... Uh, he, I remember he had a smallish body, but an enormous noggin, just a big head. That was what struck me when I met him. I think, wait a minute, where's the, where's the body that goes with his head? It's huge. Huh. Raindrops are falling on my huge head. That's my impression. That's my impression. I would describe him as a beefy head. <laughs> kind of. Kind of. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> so okay. what a what a long prologue that was. We've we've gone. Uh, I yeah. think uh, we, almost eighteen minutes before we've. We need to wrap it. Well, said, yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, let's wrap it up, up shall we? Here's up. the joke of the week. <laughs> uh, my brother sent me this uh, little bit of information, and I'm not telling too many stories out of school here. But you would you it would be safe to say that you did not attend the 1962 Seattle World's Fair. Well, correct? I was like 12 minutes old, so... That's what I thought, I yeah. I did not. Well, and I, I did. was in Los Angeles at the time in a diaper, so... Mm. <laughs> Which is probably where well, I'm going to end up at the end of my 150 years yep. of my life. We'll be back in L.A. in a diaper. <laughs> yep. A sneak preview of Century 21, which is the name of Seattle's 1962 World's Fair. The exposition really begins with the monorail that whisks more than a mile from the heart of town to the fairgrounds proper. Well, I did go to the World's Fair. My parents... You did? My parents drove... In 1962? Yeah, my parents drove us up. Wow. I think they might have had only two kids at that time. We went up there. I can remember it so clearly, so many things. Really? Even as I go back onto the fair, you know, the... the See the Space Needle? I can remember looking up at it as a little kid and thinking how impossibly high it was and how could they possibly <laughs> do anything like that. Dominating everything is the 600-foot Space Needle. Going up it, sky travelers get an all-embracing view of the malls and plazas and fantastic structures of America's first international fair in two decades. From the observation deck, all of Seattle and the Puget Sound region can be seen, waiting to welcome the world to its wonderful party. And that was right after it was completed, right? Yes. Or, yes. Yeah, uh -huh. that's what I, okay. Yeah. That's, that's why what kicked off the World's Fair was the completion of that. Is that correct? I think they just got it done under the line. It was very yeah, okay. close. But did you go up in it yeah. when you got, oh when yeah. You did? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. It was, it was a, just, it's. Now it seems so lame, but they called I it know. the 21st century or maybe the 20th, not nah, 21st exposition. And it was trying to imagine what life was going to be like in the century where we are in now. They imagined that there would be, you know, you'd have picture telephones and, uh, but they, no way did they come close to imagining the internet or uh, smartphones and, uh, you know, Amazon, all the things we have now, they couldn't even come close to imagining it all. It just happened yeah. Uh, yeah. differently than they thought. And yeah, we could have had phones uh, with pictures, but we didn't want them and they never took off. And although now we have FaceTime and things like that, but listen to, listen to these stats from the time. This 62. Researchers determined that the average daily expenditures... If you wanted to go to the World's Fair, guess how much money you would spend? Per I, person? Yeah. I would say to any dollar, $25. Yeah. It was $5.19 oh. a day. It cost you That's 2 bucks to get in if you were an adult, $1 wow. if you were a kid. A monorail ticket was $0.50. Cents. Um, food was about 2 bucks. a dollar for the rides. And they had things like uh, the bobsled and the wild mouse. The Scrambler. The food circus had 52 vendors inside. They had a 12 and a half ton fruitcake billed as the largest fruitcake in the world. Oh, my God. I guess fruitcake was popular. Orange Julius, a frothy, creamier orange drink 
debuted I there. Orange Julius's. They're so good. Yeah, they're was, like eating a, a a melted 50 50 pop. Oh yeah, they're good. They're good. Yeah, they're good. Uh, I'm not even sure if the Orange Julius stands are still around. I know they had one in Belt Square for a long time. So to find out more, let's bring in an exciting announcement. In 1926, Julius Freed started a stand selling orange juice in Los Angeles, California that would soon grow to become Orange Julius. At first, sales were slow and it wasn't a success. That is until Freed's real estate friend, Bill Hamlin, came into the picture. Hamlin had a very sensitive stomach and in an effort to lower the acidity level of the orange juice, he added ice, sugar, milk, egg whites, and vanilla to the drink. The resulting product was a creamy, frothy, and devilish good drink. Soon the store was lined up with thirsty fans shouting, give me an orange, Julius. That was how the name came to be. Sales went through the roof and a legend was born. They also started to sell hamburgers and hot dogs with names like the mongrel and the pickle pooch. As malls brought shopping and dining to the suburbs of the 1960s, Orange Julius found a home within the food courts. Many of the standalone locations began to disappear, while mall locations exploded. When Hamlin retired in 1967, he sold the company to International Industries, who also owns IHOP. At the time, there were already more than 400 Orange Julius outlets around the country, as well as internationally. Orange Julius continued expanding through the 1970s and 80s and was eventually bought by Dairy Queen in 1987. Since then, most Orange Julius outposts have been located within Dairy Queens. By the end of 2018, all the standalone Orange Juliuses had been renovated into Dairy Queens. They did away with the fresh oranges and it is now basically a scoop of powder, some juice from a box, and a spin in the blender. That sucks. Ticket prices now range from twenty-five bucks to thirty-eight bucks. <laughs> wow, that's. I mean, how I, much you compare to that in. to like if you want to go to Disneyland, it's it's out of sight. I, you're talking hundreds of dollars to take your kids in to Disneyland, much less where you're going to stay and all of exactly. that. Exactly, and eating and all that. Entertainment is. Out hey, of sight. I, I was looking up some stuff too. Yeah. Um, do you know if? Do you know how many people have died from the space falling from the space needle? Uh, well, I, I I know they lost a workman or two building it, but did I ever tell they you? Did yeah, tell I me how that many. was the I thought that was the Golden Gate Bridge that a ton of workers croaked. Well, people. I'll are, have to look that up now. People are they jumping say, off the Golden Gate every day, probably. But they say at least three people have died falling from the Space Needle. Accidentally or intentionally? One woman jumped off the Space Needle in 1978 and landed in 79. And, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to. Doesn't include the yeah, use of bungees. And then um, two other people did the same thing. Remember the people used to jump off the Aurora Bridge all the time. Yeah, too. those were the days. Yeah, did, like, didn't they build like and then a they yeah they built an anti nets or something there? Yeah, yeah like yeah. if you morons are gonna jump, we're gonna put a net up, you idiots. <laughs> and then they went fine. We'll go jump off the uh, ship canal bridge. <laughs> I was like, I just can't. I don't mean to get into this macabre topic, but I don't think if I wanted to kill myself, I would jump off the space needle. That just seems yeah. 
Well, if you wanted it to, if you wanted a spectacular ending, oh my and, god! And if you wanted just... to be on the news that night, and then I guess you would choose the Space Needle. I don't know. But otherwise, why, why wouldn't you just take a bunch of pills or something? Yeah, and I want to be ease your way out. Yeah, I would eat like a bunch of pills and a cheesecake, and then just go lay down for a while. <laughs> we don't, don't think, think it was be... the pills that killed her. <laughs> She ate a whole cheesecake. She An ate a, cheesecake. a two-ton fruitcake is what Her happened. heart stopped after yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. In a bag of sugar. Do you know when my wife and I, shortly after we were first married, and for maybe five years, we that would be we that was a thing we would do. What? We would buy a cheesecake and we'd sit on our bed and watching TV and we oh my would eat God. an entire cheesecake. Yeah. I can't believe it. We did That's, that. I know. Same thing with ice cream. Like, I, yes, I just yes. get a, getting ice cream and just not, don't put it in a bowl. Just eat it right out of the carton. God, I mean, what insanity. I know. history of heart disease in my family but when you're younger you don't think about that you say mm, man god this is good i know mm. yeah mm. i'm just gonna eat this whole cheesecake yeah it's nutty. crazy nutty. it's crazy so now i would just eat half of the cheesecake cheesecake's good though it's really it's good. really good it's really good, good. Che- cheese is good and cake is good and you put the two together oh my goodness yeah that, that is good i know it's good my girl loves cheesecake I miss sugar. Um, I miss sugar. I haven't had oh, sugar. That's right. You've been doing very well in your diet. You know, I've yeah. been on a, on a diet and you I'm have? stuck. You have? Yeah. I'm yeah, so I just, proud of you. I, I like to stay lean, you know. Yeah, you are uh, lean. And I've never been. You're not beefy. I don't beefy. think I've ever You're not been... beefy. Your head is beefy. <laughs> Thank you. you do have a beefy head. And marbled. Yeah. And my feet are beefy. Yeah. But, but the rest of it is is relatively Slender. normal. But I I just uh, you know, I think I, I just I want to be lean and mean and so but I'm stuck at a certain weight and I think I'm being good but I can't push through. Can yeah. you they call can that Can you tell me how how you've done it? They call it that plateauing. Yeah, there's just and a, so maybe that's just the weight I'm supposed to be. Yeah, that you could just do that, say that, and then throw your hands. Up I'm going to look gaunt if I get any. In yeah, that's the thing. Slimmer, maybe. Yeah, that's the thing. My neck, my neck looks a little bit turkey-like now. Turkey-like. Good. What do you mean? Like well, you got flapping around. <gasps> yeah, it's oh no. I'm your getting that old man gullet under there. I know, there. I know. Yeah. And then yeah. when you wear a suit, a dress shirt, and a tie, it like yes, it it like flops over the collar. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, when you get to be my age, which is pretty old, uh, losing weight isn't a good idea because you look. It makes you look worse, not better. Yeah, you look like when you're, you're dying. When you're young and you lose weight, like you, you look better. But yeah. when you're my age, you just look older. No, you you look like you're dying. 
Like, oh my God, he has cancer. He's losing weight. True. So yeah, no, you're right. But you're right. You're there right. is that little fine line of of going yeah. overboard where you look gaunt and your cheeks are sunken in, and plus your skin's not as elastic anymore. So no. that is that's another thing. When that's why here's your neck's flapping that, around. Yeah. Here's another thing I've noticed, and I'm not happy about saying this, but it, the slightest bump. If I bump into a wall, yeah. or my cat scratches me, uh, you know. You'd you'd be fine normally, but now when you get older, yeah, it turns into a major sore that continues for weeks. It yeah. seems like like yeah, a, yeah bruising. I've uh, I've always bruised very easily though. I don't know yeah, what that God, is. So. I don't like that. I I'm I'm not in favor of it. <laughs> well, way. now you're gonna live to yeah. be 150. So just can you imagine how flappy your neck will be at 140? Oh my God! <laughs> you know the other thing. <laughs> That's, you know, I Flappy. I don't mind if they want to keep us alive, but what are we going to look like? Because people, yes. people in their night. Nobody talks about no, that. No, I'm talking about it. Since I still appreciate you, let's find love while we may. Because I know I'll hate you when you are old and gray. So say you love me here and now. I'll make the most of that Say you love and trust me For I know you'll disgust me When you're old and getting fat I think Cher, I think Cher will be the first one to hit 150. She looks like perfectly preserved. Yeah, but she looks like she went to Earl Scheib. You, you know what that <laughs> no, is? Like she's... She's so entirely painted up and yeah, but and she, processed. She's she's a she's processed. She, that's that's a she good is. word for it. But she's 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 tight and firm, and her face isn't flapping around. But uh, yeah. I think she, no, she's a she is amazing. Yeah, no question about she is. it. And she's still on her farewell uh, tour that she's been on for the last twenty years. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go on my farewell tour. <laughs> That's a great idea. It's a good way to yeah, make it money. Really yeah. Uh, so, uh, a couple other things I wanted to, to bring up. Um, my, my, I was talking to my, to my wife, and I can't remember her name, and I'm sorry. I've got it here uh, somewhere. I, I'm, so, I'm so used to calling her my wife, I don't remember her actual <laughs> name. Damn it. It's, do you know her it name? It doesn't matter. I, I don't oh, know. Okay. I okay. don't want to guess. Well, it doesn't, It'd be rude. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't matter because uh, I love her. and I love her too. She told me, she tells me stuff about her childhood that some of it is not good and some of it mirrors what you've told me about your childhood. Mm. She said that she went to school one day and her teacher said to her, you know what? Uh, I know her name's Pat- Patty. Oh, Patricia. that's it. She, she said, you know what, Patricia? Uh, your grades are not very good, but you know something? There's nothing wrong with being average, <laughs> and you're just average, and that's okay. You're not, you're not at the bottom. You're not at the top. You're just average. <laughs> well, and I thought, what what kind of message is that to send to somebody? I don't know. Average is good enough. I ain't no Christian or no bona again saint. I ain't no cowboy or a Marxist. 
criminal or reverend cripple from the right. I'm just your average guy trying to do what's right. I'm just your average guy. An average guy. I am just your average guy. I'm just an average guy. Well, it's average. It's like yeah, it's average. Yes, you know her; she's not. No, average, I know. But they they said they they told her that as if to make her feel better, uh, validated yeah. somehow. But it was like the worst message you can send to somebody. I like being average. It's just be average. I like being average, and you know why? There's no pressure. It's just like I mean, if you are above average. You got to maintain yep. that. If you're below average, nobody mm. wants to talk to you. But being average, you can kind of mm. move between the, you know, those groups easily, and there's no pressure. That's a good way of thinking I about it. I love being that average. Didn't occur to me. It's fantastic. You're not oh, average. Oh yes, though. I am. You can say it's you can say that because fantastic. you aren't average. No. But if you are average, how does that make you feel? Uh, does that make Does that say well, I give up, or does it say? No, damn it! That's not right. I'm I'm better than that. I'm gonna I'm gonna push forward and get above average. And what does that even exactly. mean? Exactly. And I mean, average is what is that? Einstein was apparently a terrible student in school. Oh, maybe because he wasn't uh, being challenged enough. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, the the point is, uh, okay, I'm below uh, me personally. I'm below average and always was in math, for example. Yeah. But I had some other qualities. Right. Other things I could right. do. Things that you were above uh, you that story. you were above average in. I've told you the story before about the guy that we we were frustrated. Our, our we had a house where our septic tank was backing up. It was. A I mess. love and this story. I love this, this guy story. came and he he fixed the problem and he stood on our front porch when he was done, <laughs> speckled oh. in debris, <laughs> and as proud as he could be. And I thought. In this man's field, he's a genius. Yeah. He's way above right. average. And and if we didn't have people who could do lots of different things, I mean, if everybody was a geophysicist, the world would fall apart. Right. We need people who can do all kinds exactly. of things, can be genius in their respective right. talents and yeah. fields. And so so to, to tell a kid in school, I think she said she was in the fourth grade, you're just average, and you should settle for that. <laughs> I think it's just bullshit. Yeah, that, that's not a very yeah. good thing to tell you, because fourth grade, no. you're, what, about 10, 10 years old? Yeah, not, yeah. A, great, not yeah. a great age to think you're average. Like like you said, the pressure is yeah. off, but come on, you're just starting that's your life. True. You don't want to take your foot off the pedal that's that true. early. So. Uh, okay. It, 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 as I was thinking about that, I thought... I spent a lot of money, a lot of time, and uh, four years going to college, mm -hmm. and I realized that college was a waste of my time. Now, I, I a lot of people going think to college. that. I, a I, lot of people think not I, only a waste of time, but a waste of money. Yeah, one of my best friends to this day, I, I, I wouldn't know him if I hadn't gone to college, and yet. Uh, I, I can't tell you anything that I've done in my career I could point to, to college as being, right. uh, you know, the right. reason I, I 
got yeah. anywhere. I, th- these are all talents, if I have any, that I already right. had. Or you developed or you and nurtured uh, or you, you learned. And yeah. <clears throat> I think I've learned a lot more uh, from mm-hmm. reading and from mm-hmm. life since college than I ever learned at college. Yeah. Uh, I, it was only a waste of my time for the money, like you said. Uh, having friends and you know drinking beer and all that stuff that was fun but you can do that but i didn't have you to go to college yeah, to exactly. do that you don't have to go to, i was never lucky yeah. enough to go to college and i've always said that i'm not lucky yeah, enough I but i now i'm rethinking that phrase lucky enough i don't know that it it's it would have been lucky for me at the time it's it was like everybody did it i didn't have yeah. the means i had came from a broken home and i had my own things I needed to deal with and work out and mm-hmm. and I never mm-hmm. I never yep. went but yep. I am I'm I'm self-sufficient I'm resourceful I'm able to support myself <clears throat> um make a good living and I didn't really end it I yes, didn't end up needing college all of that I didn't is need true. It. <clears throat> but but when you like when you and I did radio together and I identified you as like the best radio talent I'd ever worked mm-hmm. with uh that wasn't because you of your education no. or anything. It's just because of your natural gifts. Yeah. And, and now, now, granted, if you want to become a doctor, you you have to obviously you have to go get sure. educated. You can't <clears throat> you can't just say I'm a doctor and I know how to do right. things. No, you have to learn that. But I'm thinking in general, uh, in general education, I, I, I'm 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 an advocate now for people skipping college. And, yeah, if you want to be uh, if you want to be an arc welder. Yeah. Go be a, uh, you know, go to a, a trade yeah, school. Yeah, go to a trade go school to, or, or be an be apprentice a, somewhere on Apprenticeship on, on program. Something exactly. and tra- or travel yeah. and see other, I think that's so valuable. That helps mold you into the yeah. person that you, you discover things you didn't know. And that's what's so exciting. I don't know how much you discover in college. I just don't know. I just, it seems very limited to me in, in terms of what you find out about yourself and, it's it doesn't seem to help a lot of people. I, I I'm curious about the statistics on that on how many college graduates actually find uh, work and employment in whatever they studied. Um, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. And I, and then I see people getting degrees in English. I think English. I'm trying to remember. My major was in communications, and my minor was in English. I'm thinking, what the hell? <laughs> English. I'm already speaking the language. <laughs> Why do I have to go to college for? It just was really stupid, and I I see now. I think part of it for me, uh, and I hate to say it. Uh, do you have anything that you wish you had done uh, that you didn't do, and now all these years later you say yeah, I, that would have been a good experience for me? I for I don't me know. it is my regret at not being in the military i think that would have been really? good for me that surprises yeah. me why are you saying that yeah. i just wish i i had served and but at the time it was the vietnam war and college was a way you could yeah you know duck out yeah. of it i didn't consciously right. think like that Jimmy but Stewart. yeah uh, uh, but i uh I wish now I had that experience, God, no. not just for the experience, I don't, but I for... I don't want you to have I, had that. You might not be here. You, I would be a terrible soldier. <laughs> I knew that about really? myself. I would. The only way I could have served in the military was to be 
uh, in special services or something, trying to be an entertainer or something like that. So but put I, a gun, man, if you gave me put a, a gun and put you in the if field, you gave me a gun, I'd blow my foot off immediately <laughs> or yeah. stand there crying. That's what I would do if somebody uh, just and I could and I couldn't kill another person. I couldn't I, do it, even if he was a bitter enemy. I just could never imagine myself blowing I, another person I bet you away. Could I, I just wasn't if they in they were if they were gonna blow you away first, I bet you'd find it somewhere. I don't, even if they were gonna blow me away, I don't think I but if they were gonna blow somebody I cared about a lot, like my kids or my yeah. wife, then I could see myself doing it. Or even my dog, but but myself, I don't think I just uh, I it's just not, thought, man, I can't no, do I this. That's I can't do it to think about. So I would have to do something else. <clears throat> well, that is not something I have a regret. I'm not. I have no regrets that I never joined the military. So I do well, wish you weren't even given that opportunity back. I in do those wish days. I had um, been traveled more. Um, I you know I've never been to Europe. I've never been to France. I've never been to. Spain. Spain. I've never been to. You've never been to Portugal. Spain. I've never been to Italy. Never been there. Well, I never been to Spain, but I kind of like the music. See the ladies are insane there, and they sure know how to use it. Right now, I just don't feel like yeah. it. I'm too tired. I'm like, I'm just too tired to go to France. Well, you can get it done. I don't want to. You're go. young. I'm, I'm, I'm tired. The drain. I'm yeah. tired. I don't want. By the time I get there, the plane ride will be exhausting, and all I want to do is take a nap. <laughs> so why bother? Just so I can take a nap you're, here. You are so full of it. <laughs> Good Lord. No, I'm just exhausted. There's nothing you're saying right now that is true. <laughs> nothing. I know. I'm just nothing I'm at all. Just hey, can I? T- uh, uh, can I uh, just throw a couple of things out at you? Yeah. I just wrote a couple things down here. This statistic disturbs me enormously. What? 18% of the people in this country elect 53% of Congress. Oh. Let that sink in for a minute. Yeah. Good Lord, we're a nutty country right yeah. now, Lisa. This is disturbing yeah. as hell. Vote. I think about it all the time. Yeah. People don't. Vote. What's with this? What's with what's? Why are people buying conspiracies and what happened? What's going on? I don't or know. is it just exaggerated? I don't know. But I, I I'm telling you, I drove, I drove, uh, I went, uh, I told you, I went to that charity event in Seattle, and I drove back, and I got back to my hometown here, and there's a big truck in front of me, uh, a guy's flying the American flag out the back. I can see that. Well, but then we as know I come who around, he voted for. Yeah, you. Know, but why does a guy flying the American flag? Why do you know who he voted for? Because talk about appropriating <laughs> our flag. I know. I, it just makes me crazy. I know. It, it's it's like I don't want to fly the flag at my house because people will say, "Oh, look, look who he voted for." 
No, it's just the opposite. I'm like taking the flag back. I think I talked about this a while back. I bought a beautiful I flag, did. and I I like yesterday was Flag Day, the uh, and I have it out yep. on all the days yes. that you're supposed to have yeah. it. I'm taking it back. I'm taking it back. It's my flag. I'm not going to let Me it. Me too. Well, I, I do have a flag out front, yeah. and I proudly fly it. Yeah, but good. The idea that that when you see a flag, you assume. Yep. I know. When 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 the most anti-American person in the world is who you're who you voted yep. for, and I'm not ashamed to say that I, that guy was a fat ass jerk. Yeah, I agree. He's he was a he's poison. I agree. And and uh, and I guess my point is that this, then this guy, I got closer to this truck, and he's flying a fl- flag that says Trump in 2024. Okay, fine. <laughs> Because Trump himself thinks he's going to take office in August. Right, exactly. But, but then he also had a flag that said, and pardon me, it said, fuck Biden. Jeez. I'm thinking, what? 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 What is the level of discourse in this country has re- yeah. devolved into that? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, would I, mm-hmm. what if I could sit down with this guy? Mm-hmm. Why Would I even want to have a conversation with mm-hmm. him? And what would that conversation even be? This guy is, is just kind of a neanderthal knuckle dragon idiot mm-hmm. who who just puts stuff out there and doesn't and I think explain part of it i think part of it too is you know they they take a lot of uh get a lot of pleasure out of owning the democrats like you hear that phrase oh i'm gonna fly the flag just because i know it chaps their hide that they they get yeah. a lot of pleasure out of making other people uncomfortable or upset so he kind of did his job with you he got y'all all lathered yeah he, he got did. y'all lathered up you're about right it. um you're right but uh but but even on this weekend as we're recording this where uh you know president biden and yeah he is the president he's out there you know, fixing relationships mm. in Europe, yeah, the G seven, around the world. Yeah. That that I mean, but that of course that would be lost on a guy that's flying those flags. He doesn't give no. a damn about any of that, nor does he know anything about that. Nor mm. does he have the slightest shred of information about history or anything mm-hmm. else. Uh, I I don't. I, it doesn't matter to me whether you are a, a Trump supporter or a biden supporter but why does the discourse have to be that crude Mm -hmm. that savage that you have to put a flag out that says yeah words like that come on it's posturing that's all it is it's sniffing and hitching that's all it is yeah um (laughs) but there's a i'm intrigued by what you said i've been extremely bothered by the you know what you what you just the divide even in our my own family and many it's other horrible. people's my friends that I talk to in in their own families and uh, there is an organization that actually just um, it's not very old but it's called BraverAngels.org and I I was initially sort of turned off because I thought it was some sort of a religious type of just the name's unfortunate for for what the organization is. But what it, yeah. it is and their mission is to do what you just said. Sit down and talk with the guy who has the Trump flag. And and it's not meant to change anyone's mind. It's meant to just understand where they're coming from. And it's hard. It's not easy. It's uncomfortable and weird. But yeah. that's their whole. It's really hard. But that's their whole mission. And it's astonishing. If you want to feel good. 
go to the site and read some of the stories about the red and blues they that have come together and actually are now friends. They they don't have they haven't changed their minds on policy or um, uh, um, um, politics, but they've they at least can respect where the other one is coming from. And yeah, I think it's that's really great. great. And I decided to join. I wish I, I, wish I join could do it, it. Pat. Yeah. You might, oh, you might okay. find that, and, and you don't have to do anything about it, but at least you'll start reading about it. I haven't done or gone to any meetings or been paired up, but I want to, I'm just this weight. It just feels so weighty to me. I'm tired of feeling this heavy feeling yeah. like you've described. I could me hear too. it in your voice just driving by that truck. It is such a weighty, heavy feeling. I'm tired of it. I, I, I hate it. I can't take it anymore yeah i feel like i i am so uh, cl- I, I feel i i hate to feel like my mind is so yeah, closed i, I agree I can't, me too because i i'm just so yep. sure of of my of my rightness and their yep. wrongness and i know that's not yep. that's not that's too simplistic mm-hmm. i yep. know that yeah go check it out okay. braverangels.org really great organization so all right, all right do you have a joke and having said that, I do have a joke. I've had two jokes here, and I'm still trying to... Okay, I'm going to go with this one. You, you know I like the longer I jokes. I like the longer jokes. So, yeah, I, I don't want to give you a one-liner or a limerick. I want <laughs> it to a be riddle. a joke. Of, but, but when you do a longer joke, you take people on a lengthy ride, and if, if, if the destination... It isn't suitable or satisfying, then you've wasted everybody's right. time. So I'm a little worried about this one, but I'm going to go with it anyway and hope that I can emit at least a minor All chuckle right. from okay. you. Okay? Here we go. Here we go. Vance and Willie were retired insurance executives, and they decided to drive cross-country. After seven long days on the road, they finally arrived in California. They were exhausted, and they took rooms in the very first hotel they find, where both men soon fell into a deep sleep. And this is Vance and Willie? Willie. Vance and Willie. Willie. Whose name is Willie? Hi. Hi, I'm Vance. Hi, I'm Willie. Willie. That's... Can he just be Will? Well... Well, his okay. name's Willie. I don't know anybody named Willie. Do you? Um, who's the Willie that's on uh, NBC? Does a wonderful Sunday morning oh. show. I Willie. Uh, why can't I think of his name? Uh, he, he's great. He's wonderful, and I can't Where, think of his last name right what now. What t- show on is he on? On CBS? Uh, no, oh, NBC. He's he's on uh, Morning Joe, and then he does his own Sunday morning show. Willie, uh, Willie Geist. Geist. Oh Willie yeah, Geist. he actually he is wonderful. He's wonderful. Okay, but Willie, he's, wit- he's witty. He he's smart. Okay. Will, he's and then you got Willie Nelson, and then okay, I'll shut up. Yeah. Okay. okay so, so Willie and Vance. Willie Willie Mays. Mays. Okay. Willie and Vance okay. went to the hotel and they fell asleep. Willie, or won't he? <laughs> yeah. Remember no. that joke? What? Uh, Wait, are you plugging a joke into you, inside of another joke? <laughs> into a joke. It's a play within a play. Yes. Okay. That's... The joke was, the joke was, did you ever read the book uh, Under the Grandstands by Willie Make It and Betty Don't? <laughs> what? 
No, I, I told you that. You did tell one. it wrong. No, 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 no. It's What am I saying? That's Running right. to the bathroom <laughs> by Willie Make It or Betty Dunn. No, was Under the Seymour Grandstands Pants. was by oh, Seymour Bunts. Seymour Bunts. <laughs> God, so what's the matter with me? Oh, jeez. I'm really losing it. I'm old. I'm old. What can Bunts. I tell you? Okay, if you're just joining us, ladies and gentlemen, sorry for that. <laughs> okay, so they fell asleep. <laughs> Vance fell asleep. and Willie. Van- Vance and Willie, they go to the hotel and they both fall asleep. And then the next morning at breakfast... Vance says to Willie, I had the most amazing dream last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I was in Disneyland with my best friend from childhood. We we both had $30 in our pockets that our mothers gave us. And the most amazing thing of all, we, got, we were in Disneyland and there were no lines. None. We went on all the rides. We ate as much candy as we wanted. I had the time of my life in my dream. Oh, that, that's great, says Willie. You know, I also had a wonderful dream last night. No sooner had I gone to bed when I heard a knock on the door. I opened the door, and there was Marilyn Monroe in a white sundress. I, I was pretty tired, but this was the opportunity of a lifetime, so I asked her to come in. We made love. It was fabulous. And boy, was I ready to sleep after that. That's that's a pretty wonderful dream, all right. Well, wait, wait, it's not over. Then after Marilyn Monroe left, I just put my head back down on the pillow. There was another knock on the door. I dragged myself out of bed, and there was Sophia Loren in a bathrobe. And, and, And without a word, she slinked in, she dropped her robe, and as exhausted as I was, I dragged myself into bed, and it... Oh my God! It was incredible. <laughs> wow! And, and and then you went to sleep, right? No, I I wanted to go to sleep, but then there was a third knock on the door. Ah, uh, let me guess. It was Dolly Parton in a towel. No, no, you're close. It was Raquel Welch wearing a negligee. And you did it again? Believe me, I I I wanted to do it again. <laughs> oh yes, I did. But I just couldn't. I was too tired. Uh, she was disappointed, but I just, I, I said, I'm sorry, I can't. And she left. So wait a minute. You closed the door on Raquel Welch. Some friend you are. Why didn't you call me? Well, I wanted to call you, but your mother said you went to Disneyland. <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. <laughs>
Thanks for listening to Peculiar Podcast. Hey, goodbyes. <laughs> Join Pat and Lisa online at PeculiarPodcast.com. The gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And on the Peculiar Podcast Facebook fan page. Sweet. On Twitter at Peculiar Podcast, at Mr. Pat Cashman, and at Foster Chick. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration. Oh.